with the pregnancy of about a day. And uh, before we jump in, uh, I got a couple of house, uh, house uh, uh, items uh, for us uh, for the baptism uh, Sunday. Did you get some things to you? Uh, if you are a first time guest with us today, we are really excited to have you. Uh, we consider you our VIPs, so we are really excited to have you today. When you came in, uh, you got what, uh, from our, uh, one of our guest services and volunteers. You got what we call our connection card. Our connection card is a great way for you to introduce yourself to us, for us to get to know you. And if you, if we ask everybody to do this. You got one of those cards. Fill that out as much as you're willing to. And here in just a few moments after the uh, sermon, the offering uh, place will go around. And we ask everybody, first time guests, if you've been here hundred times, there's no way we're going to do But everybody just drop those in the offering place when they go around. First time guests, we also need to Drop those in there. If you're making a decision today, you put that card over any, any decision you make. You indicate that on the back. You want to know about that. And drop those in the offering plate when they go around. If you are a first time guest here today, though, uh, we have free gifts for you. And when you get to the service, we'll have volunteers that are ready to go for you. We want you to go to our connection point table. That's in the lobby to your right. You'll see our banner there. There's several t shirts and other things there. If you're a first time guest, go there after the service. We've got a free gift for all of our first-time guests today. We're excited to have you guys here. Listen, uh, this Wednesday night at 6.30, let me tell you where you need to be. You need to be right here for life groups if you're an adult. We've had a change of venue. We have had life groups. Life groups are small group ministry. Listen, if you're in college basketball, we've got a life group that meets every single Wednesday. You talk about Jesus in college basketball this Wednesday, all right? Some of you, revival, just in your place. We'll see you Wednesday night at 6.30. You've been looking for that church, brother, you think. Um, it's right here at 6.30. Now, we have had life groups at the conference room at the primary care center, but uh, but we're moving those here. Those will be in our Summit Kids area for adults. When you come, uh, come here Wednesday night, we'll have all the signs. Everything will tell you which entrance to go into with no problem there. If you're a middle school, high school student, same place. Life groups down, uh, downtown McDonald's, uh, upstairs, you're good to go. But adults, life groups have moved. Wednesday, 6.30, we'll have all the signs out. It'll be easy for you to find them. Some of you, maybe you've been coming to Summit for a while, maybe this is your first day, and you already know you want to volunteer to be on the team. If you flip your connection card over, you'll see several areas where you can volunteer, and we're really urging people to volunteer for our kids' ministry. Every week, uh, we have about 50 people in our kids' areas. Every single week. And so we're looking for, specifically, kids' volunteers. You can volunteer for any area want to help out with kids, nursery all the way up to elementary. Really we're looking for two volunteers uh, to help us make our rotation five weeks, uh, five week rotation. You only do it once every five weeks. If you want to do that, check them in the back of the park, drop in the office play and get you on the team. And here's my last thing before we jump into that prayer. Uh, next Sunday, Super Bowl party at the National Guard Armory. It's at 530. If you want to come to that, if you want to bring in a finger foods or any, any snacks or whatever, there's a sign-up sheet out there in the lobby. And listen, during halftime of the Super Bowl bash, we're giving away a Kindle Fire. Right? Now, you want to be a part of that uh, so that you can try to rig it so you can win. Right? Um, and all you got to do is register your name and put your name in a bucket, and we're going to draw your name out. So if you get all your friends to come live and say, that, put, uh, say, say they're you, you probably win. Uh, I'm not, don't do that. Don't, this is not a good idea. You should not do that, but you should come. It's next Wednesday, 5.30. Watch the games. It'll be awesome at the National Guard Army. All right? Hey, we're going to pray, and uh, I'm going to jump in. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you 
I'm cool with you, I'm about to do. But I just really sense that you're about to do some big things. God, I thank you for everybody that's come here today. I see a lot of different places. And probably some of these people came because they had a family member getting baptized. They were getting baptized. God, I know that there are people here today. Uh, maybe they were, they were invited, maybe they saw something on the internet. And God, you know where everybody's going. God, there are people that have come into the room today and they're really hurting. No, there are people that have come into the room today and they're really searching. God, they feel like everybody, including you. So, God, I pray that you would be the good enough to get back to this. I pray that right now, God, you would speak to hearts, change lives. God, that we're literally in just a few moments. We'll leave closer to you. I pray that everybody can take steps with you today. That nobody will be the same. Everybody can take steps. And that step's going to look different for everybody. So God, I pray that you can move and begin to tell people what that step is for them. Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, today we're starting off a brand new series called Don't Give Up. And as, as we're planning, we try to plan these things out uh, weeks, months in advance. And uh, one of the things that I knew uh, would help this series be very effective and really speak to you uh, is if we had, uh, if we incorporated people's stories into our series. Because some of you, man, that we're going to talk about this in just a second. That's where you're at. You're at a place where you're about to give up, throw in the towel. You think you're alone, and we're going to tell you you're not alone. And so every week we're going to try to incorporate some different stories. We'll do some video of some people. But today, uh, I wanted to bring somebody that's, uh, that's uh, been uh, a part of Summit for a little bit. Bring them to the stage and just let you hear their story. Uh, Tim Ison uh, has been uh, coming to Summit for just a couple of weeks. I've got to know Tim, heard his story, and I just thought man, that would be a great way to launch into our Don't Give Up series. And so, Tim, if you come out, let's uh, give it up for Tim. Let's everybody give him a round of applause.
consume everything. There's a little joy. It's just how am I going to get my fix? How am I going to get high? That's all I care about. You care less about relationships, what they've done to my family. I took every dollar that I had. Completely isolated myself from everything, especially from God. Am I helping God use me? I mean, I'm running from Him. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm completely out of control. I'm a drug it goes where I just had all the, all, all the misery and the joy that I felt that I had in my relationship with Jesus Christ turned into this pain and this misery. It's all my own doing. Then the enemy comes at you and he tells you, you know, you're, you're, you're too far gone. You're, you're never going to do anything. And should you're never going to minister to the Lord. So I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired until I got to the point one night where I grabbed my bathtub and I grabbed a cold, I'll never forget this, I grabbed a blue cold ball, lock blade razor blade. And I was going to fill the bathtub up and I was going to you know, slip my wrist and just drift on off because at least I had the decency to give my parents the, uh, the open casket. I was going to be selfish enough to make it close. And I was getting ready to slide into the tub and, and just all of a sudden just the, the thought that hit my mind was, you know, I'm going to stand in front of Jesus Christ. I'm going to stand in face to face. And, and what am I going to say? You know, Lord, that, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to preach. You know, I, I really didn't want to serve you. And then you realize there's going to be no plea my case of how life had been tough on me and, you know, this and that. And, you know, you can stand in front of the, the great God Almighty. And I was just consumed with that thought and, and just fear and just conviction and shame just covered me that, uh, that I wasn't close to being who I needed to be and be the best servant that I could the Lord. So when I get out, I go into my went to my bedroom and I said, I just gotta, I gotta read the Bible, someone's gotta give. And it was just really ironic that, that my Bible was marked, and, and it was marked in 1 John 1 9. And, you know, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's not only the case with, with me, that's with everybody. It's truly amazing the love that Jesus Christ has for His children. And I don't care where one is at in their walk with Jesus Christ, you could be far away, you're never too far from the Lord's grave. I want to encourage you to listen to Brother Mark and Rita to bring the message that, that always remember that Jesus loves you. You were, I mean, you were bought and paid for for the just the most precious gift, and, and that's Jesus' blood. And, and um, just want to appreciate your time. God bless. And just want to encourage you today that you're really not far away from God. You're really not. All you got to do is just confess to Him. I promise that He's better to forgive you. He's wanting to forgive you. God bless. Thank you. Uh, marathons are insane. And I 
home to me. Because people will do things. That there comes a point when, when you're running 26.2 miles. I think there comes a point when everybody just loses their ever loving mind and you do things in public that you would never do. You know what I'm saying? So I'm running, and there are these group of people in front of me, and they're running, and we're just running on the streets in Cincinnati, and all of a sudden these people are running, and they run to the side of the street, and they just start using the bathroom in front of everybody. That's what happened. And so I'm running, I'm watching these people using the bathroom. I'm like, that ain't right. That's not, that's not, that's not. I run, I run a little bit further ahead. And there's some people, they run into bushes and they do the same thing. I'm like, you shouldn't be doing that. It's like, that's the point where civilization just breaks down. I, I don't know what it is in people's minds that say, hey, you know what? The normal thing to do is some of these thousands of people for some years back to don't do that. I, I, I don't know why that's acceptable, but, but that was not something that I was ready for when I was training for a marathon. I wasn't, nobody told me that. And I was not ready, and I'm in counseling, and I think we're going to get through it. But, but one of the things that I was told is, hey, when you're getting ready, you need to train to get past the wall. You, you need to train in such a way, not so that you can really finish the marathon, but really what you need to focus on is just getting past the wall. And see, the wall, if, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if you're a runner, you know a runner, maybe you're an athlete, you've probably heard that phrase. It's not an actual wall. It's not, a, it's not an actual wall that you, that you run into. It's, it's a mental wall. It's a, it's a physical wall. It's that point in the race where it's so hard and you just don't think that you can take another step and you just don't think that you can go on and you want to quit throwing the towel that you hit in your mind what feels like a wall. And you just can't take another step. I remember, I remember uh, uh, one time I did a marathon in Nashville. I got to a certain point in the race and I just felt like my right knee was going to blow out on me. And I, 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 I've never been better before.
be honest enough to admit, have you ever prayed about something and it got worse? So it get better? So how do you keep going when everything in you and around you says, quit? That's what we want to figure out over the next couple of weeks. And so today I just want to lay some foundation. If you've got a Bible, you can open up to Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, of course, going to be up here on the screen. But today I just want to lay some foundation for where we're going to go over the next couple of weeks. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 is where we're going to be. And I just want, I want to give us one idea today. I want you to leave with one thought. I want to encourage you with one thought today. I want to say it several times. But here's the one thing I want you to leave with today. Here's what I would want to say to all of us today. Here it is. Don't give up because God will give up on you. Don't give up because God will not give up on you. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. If you got a Bible, you should be there. If not, like I said, there it is. Boom. It's already on the screen ready for you. Short verse, but this is just a powerful uh, portion of scripture. Here it is. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Don't give up. Because God will give up on you. So some of you hear that and you think, well, my life is a mess. Everything I've ever touched becomes a mess. Everybody has given up on me. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. The world has given up on me. Why would God give up on me? Let me give you three reasons today why God would give up on me. Three reasons today why God will not give up on you. Here's the first one. God will not give up on you because he's not like you. God will not give up on you because he's not like you. Um, and, and to answer this question yourself, has there ever been somebody in your life, maybe somebody that you've known, you tried to teach them how to do something, you tried to coach them to do something a particular way, and it just seems like they're not getting it. You, you ever know those people? Maybe, maybe it's a co-worker, maybe you're, you're, you're a boss, maybe somebody that works for you, you're a teacher, it's one of your students, maybe it's your spouse. Don't look at them, that'd be weird. Don't look at them right now. Don't look at them. We ain't got our marriage yet. Right? But, but you just feel like, man, they're not going to give up. They're not going to get it. You just want to give up on them, right? Uh, this, this was driven really, uh, this was driven home for me a couple years ago uh, by my son, Seth. He's five now, so I think he was uh, three or so at the time. Uh, when I was trying to teach Seth how to put a shirt on. And if you struggle with that, we can help you today. But it looks like everybody put that off today. Way to go. But here's what you need to know about my five-year-old Seth. Um, my five-year-old, uh, he, 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 he's had this really independent streak for a long time, and he's convinced that nobody, is, uh, nobody has the capability to pick out his attire for the day except for him. If you think you can pick out an outfit for a five-year-old, you're dead wrong. I'm not bitter. I'm just telling you I'm working through it because it's killing me. All right? I'm just saying. But there was a particular point that we were trying to think, hey, here's how you put a shirt on. Like, you want to and so I'm in the living room one day and I hear crying coming from the front, coming from the trunk. And if you're a parent, you know that when somebody's crying in the room, you know they've got hurt or they've hurt somebody. So you go and you look at the collateral damage and I go into his room and here's Seth sitting in the middle of the floor and here's what I see. He's trying to put on a long sleeve shirt and somehow, I, I don't know how, but somehow he's got his head stuck halfway through his arm sleeve and his arm is coming out where the head should go. You know what I'm saying? So I walk into my son's room, and there he sits on the floor, he's screaming, and he's like this, and he can't move, just like this. And his head and his arms leaving, his arms sticking up, 
When I'm in that place where I'm looking at my kids, and I, why do you always do that? Why do you keep going back to where I tell you not to do? Why do you do what I tell you not to do? God always reminds me, you do the same thing. You do the same thing. And I will not give up. You do the same thing, Mark. You believe what I tell you not to believe. You go where I tell you not to go. You're, you're, you're thinking things that I tell you not to think. And you keep going back and going back and going back. Mark, I'm not going to believe See, so here we are, we're, we're really emotional, we want to give up on people when they don't do and act the way that we think that they should, but God says, I will never hit the eject button on your life, because he's not like you and me. In fact, he says in the book of Isaiah, my ways are not your ways. My ways are not your ways. And just to show us how different God is than us, God uses the word over and over in the Bible, just to show that God's never going to hit the eject button on you. It's the word covenant. Write that down It's the word covenant. God is a covenant-making and covenant-keeping God. And here's what a covenant is. A covenant is an agreement between two parties that cannot be broken. It's an agreement that two people, two existing parties make with one another, and under no circumstances can that agreement be broken. And so God comes to a guy named Abram in Genesis chapter 12. Abram's not perfect. He has his life all together. But God comes to him and he says, Abram, from you is going to come a great nation. My people are going to come from you. I'm making a covenant with you. And because God makes that covenant, never breaks the promise, always keeps his word, from Abram comes the nation of Israel. And you keep reading through the Old Testament, and you see Israel constantly stabbing God in the back. You see Israel constantly disobeying God. And the reason that God refuses to walk away from them, the reason that God says, I am your God, you're my people, is because God's made a covenant. You flash forward to the New Testament. Jesus comes and Jesus purchases the new covenant. And if you're here and you're a Christian, you're in the new covenant. He's purchased you. So your relationship that you have with Jesus is not some kind of relationship where Jesus wakes up on the wrong side of the bed and he's going to break up with you. It's a relationship that's, that's bought with the blood of Jesus. It's a covenant and he is never going to go anywhere. He refuses to abandon you. So that in your darkest moments, he won't walk away. In your darkest moments, he'll never give up on you. In your darkest moments, Jesus will never throw in the towel on your life. Even when you think that he should, even when you might want to do that to other people, he'll never do that to you. Why? Because it's not about you. He's made a covenant. And he refuses to walk out of your life. See, God will give up on you because he's not like second reason that God won't give up on you is because God's got more invested in your life than you do. God's got more invested in your life than you do. I mean, did you see in the verse that we just read a moment ago that God has started something in your life? If you're here, you're a Christian. God has started something in you, and God's going to finish what he started. Listen to me. If you're here, you're a Christian. God has started something in your life. Isn't that right?
And some of you, a lot of you here at Summit, you're seeing that for the very first time because you came, you met Jesus, and now all of a sudden you want to do things you never wanted to do. You want to invite your friends to church so that they can meet Jesus. You want to read the Bible. You want to stop doing things that you used to do. To do. You need to say, because you know Jesus didn't want you to do that. He's changed your life. Why? Because it started something. And this is what Jesus starts. He's going to finish. He's going to get you where he wants you to be. He's going to make you into the person that he's trying to make you. He's going to perfectly conform you to the image of his son, Jesus. And he, he, he so wants you to get there that God has invested all of his care into your life. He's invested all of his protection into your life. He's invested all of his glory into your life. He's invested Jesus who took your place. He's invested the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And God is going to finish what he started in your life because he's got more invested in your life than you do. See, some of you walked in here today and you thought the biggest thing going on in your life was that deadline you've got to work this week. You thought, you thought the biggest thing going on in your life was that test you've got at school, that relationship, that thing at home, that thing that's at the forefront of your mind. But this is the biggest thing going on in your life today, if you're a Christian, is what God is doing in your life at this moment. It's God finishing what He started. He's got more investment in your life than you. And number three, that's the third reason that God will not give up on you is because God's grace is greater than God's grace is greater than the in-between. Let me explain what that means. Let me explain what that means. See, when, when God starts something, when God starts something, that's pretty exciting, isn't it? When, when you come to know Jesus for the very first time, that's an awesome moment. That's an awesome experience. You meet Jesus. That's awesome. That's great. And when he finishes it, when you meet Jesus, when you see him with your eyes for the first time, that's another awesome experience. That's great. It's the whole in-between that can get real messy, isn't it? it it's, it's the in-between where we want to give up a lot of time. It's the in-between that can get us off track. And listen, God, before he started anything in your life, God saw all the mess of the in-between and still looked at you and said, I'm going to start something anyway. I'm still going to save them. I'm still going to change them. I'm still going to do a great work in and through your life. Listen. God will never give up on you when you blow it. God will never give up on you when you make a bad decision. God will never give up on you when you have a bad week. See, God's grip on you is stronger than your grip. God's grip on you is stronger than your grip. You won't give up on you. You won't give up on you because He's a covenant that he won't give up on you because he's got more invested in your life than you do. And he won't give up on you because his grace is greater than the individual. So I wonder if you're here today and you look at your life and you feel like you You look at your life and you feel like you've hit the wall, you're tired, you're hurt. You, you don't know if you can take another step. And listen to me. When you're tired, God wants to be your strength. When you're ready to throw in the towel and give up, God says he never will. Think about it this way. Think about, think about going to the movies. You ever been to a movie that's just bad? 
right? And he's so mad, you wanted to get up and leave. You ever done that? The movie's horrible, it's awful, and you get up and you leave the movie. It's that bad, right? You've been to those movies, I've been to those movies. You just get up and leave. God is never going to look at your life and say, this is horrible. He looks at your life never going to give up. So if you're here, you're not even a Christian. Right? And you look at your life and you say, nobody cares about me. Everybody has given up on me. It even feels like God has given up on me. And I'm telling you that God has not given up on you. You say, Mark, how do you know that? Because you're here. You're here. And everything could change for you right now. Christianity is not, hey, don't you go out and clean yourself off. Keep a couple rules, and then we'll talk. Christianity is, you can't clean yourself off, but somebody came and did for you what you could never do, and his name is Jesus. And if you give him your life, he will save you, and he will never leave you, and he'll never forsake you. Because Christianity is not do, do, do. Christianity is done. It's been done for you. All you do is rest. All you do is give your life. That's it. You, you, you don't go out and try to keep your nose clean. Try to keep a list of rules. Some of you are trying to do that and stop it against today. God is not impressed. He will not be bought off. He is God and God all by himself. And he loved you so much that he sent Jesus. Today. And all you just cry out. Right? But some of you are here and you are hurting right now. 
God, you have met with us. And, and you've shown us that you are a covenant-keeping God, that you love us. And I pray that over these next four weeks, you would do an awesome work in our church. You would do a great work in our church. You do a great work in lives. That, that word would get out and people would come in, maybe who are, who are strung out in their lives, just feel like they're being torn apart with addiction and feel like they're, they're at their wits' end and there's no hope that they would come and that God, you would restore hope and they would not give up. Father, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate the God and Son as people are starting the gospel for the first time in listen. Listen, some of you, you, you raised your hand just now. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you said, Mark, I want to begin that relationship with Jesus. Here's what I want to ask you to do, all right? I want you to pay attention to me. Because if you just did that, I want you to know you're not done. All you did was make your first step. You took your first step to starting a relationship with Jesus. And we want to help you along the way. So if you just prayed that prayer, if you just gave your life to Christ, I want you to put your connection card over. And on the back, you'll see a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. Check that. And drop that card in the offering place. It goes around right now. Our ushers are coming up the front to take up the offering. Drop that in there. Because we want to help you take the next step. And when you leave today, in our ministry areas, in the back, we've got volunteers back there. If you if you just gave your life to Christ, go back there and say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus. We've got a I think so. Right? Right now is the point in our service where we give. The reason that we give to we God has given yeah, us. We believe that God takes our gifts and changes lives. The, 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 the biggest, the smallest of them we give from our hearts, we give as God leads us to give, and we believe that God takes what we give and changes lives. And so our usher is going to take up the offering. After the offering, I'm going to come back up here. I've got some other business to take care of. Uh, so we're uh, switching up a little bit. So after the offering, I'm going to come back. Don't leave. All right? Don't leave. All right? So uh, ushers, you guys go ahead and make the place to take them off. I'll be back in a second.